the dirty bird defense has looked like a chick with three inch acrylic nails after a trip to the Taco Bell restaurant. Still poopy and unable to wipe. Puts his foot right in the face mask. Damn, Steven, what they got doing it for? Move! Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 15 minute fantasy forecast, the best. 15-minute fantasy football podcast in the world that is not actually 15 minutes in duration. I'm your co-host, DJ Podgorian, and I am joined by the man. Actually, I'm not joined by the man, James Manzanskan, because Jimbo is jerking off or something. I don't know where he is. Uh, it's tough to tough to say these days with him uh, and his uh, you know addiction to masturbation. But I am joined by, uh, by a good friend of the show and uh, recurring guest. Deborah Detzel. Trevor, what's up? How are you, man? I'm doing great. Excited to, excited to be back. You know, I'm, I'm always down when either Jimbo's in masturbation recovery or whenever you're doing your entrepreneurial bullshit to uh, hop in for one of you. So it's, it's good to be back. Okay. That's a kind way to phrase it. I uh, appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, you know, good to have you back in, in the studio here, you know, the big G's pizza studio on Clark street. Uh, no longer the game on studio. Um, you know, we're it's good to have you in here. But what is not good to see is you creeping up in the power rankings of our fantasy football league. You're really, you know, nipping at my heels at that number two position, uh, which, you know, congrats to you on that. But we're squaring off this week. Number one, number two, the juggernauts, you know, the big boys are coming out to play in a potential playoff preview. How are you feeling about this matchup? You know, uh, losing Derrick Henry earlier, uh, it hurt. I, I wasn't sure. I lost my identity there for a little bit. But um, the pickup of A.J. Dillon this week, um, I'm feeling a lot more confident. I, I beat you by 55 week one. Or not week one. I beat you by 55 in our first matchup. Um, if I beat you by 55 this time by chance... That would put me not only in first by way of record, but in first in total points. So I'm looking for a repeat. Okay, interesting. I like that though. And part of my kind of identity in this league is is taking on the underdog role. And so I think the only way with how good my team is this year that I can reasonably paint myself as an underdog going into the playoffs is if I lose to you twice. So Really, the way I see it, it's a win-win for me because if I if I win, which I probably will, you know, obviously I get to maintain my dominance and I can just kind of play into the narrative of being the, you know, the repeat juggernaut. Um, if I lose, on the other hand, then I can kind of, you know, retreat, lick my wounds, and come at you with everything I've got in the playoffs, including potentially a return to Derrick Henry, which would be the ultimate knife in the side of Trevor Stetzel's team in Subway Jarrett's. So I'm just saying there's a lot of stories that can come out of this matchup, but you know, we're going to live in the moment and uh, enjoy the fuck out of it this weekend. And then let's have fun. This is going to be a big week. I, I'm very excited. I mean, I've been, after you noted it yesterday, I was checking out the Titan schedule and they got quite a few softies in there. So a lot of cupcakes. So yeah, there's a good chance that he doesn't come back necessarily, but there's also a good chance that the team implodes without him, which, um, you know, obviously they didn't last week, but, uh, they are the Tennessee Titans and Mike Rabels does have diabetes and 
he might get it's contagious. We've seen that firsthand when he gave Andy Reid diabetes to then cure Andy Reid's original case of diabetes. So we've seen we've seen the effects of Mike Rabel. Could it leak into the locker room? Time will tell. Yeah, I mean, insulin's you know it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah, and people are people are going to Canada. You see the whole thing with Bernie Sanders. People are taking buses to Canada to get cheap insulin. Yeah. And Mike Rabel's a busy guy. He can't, he can't be taking time off. So he misses an insulin shot. All of a sudden, you know, goes for it on a fourth and 12, pick six, and they, they could lose to the Jets like they did earlier this season. That, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it all could happen again. So I'm not Nostradamus, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm predicting some fireworks here in the future for not only the Tennessee Titans, but also the Ghost of Kimbo Slice and Subway Jared. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on to the NFL. And some uh, some headlines. I mean, obviously, I think the the number one headline of last week has to be scam. The Cam Newton returning to the Panthers, his original team, he won the MVP with. He was drafted by, returns to the team with a bang. Supporting points go here, Trevor. I was so quickly reminded as to why people despise Cam Newton so much. <laughs> first things first, he has a mouth the size of S- Stephen Tyler's. I mean. I like, I didn't really notice it until he got right in the camera after that touchdown. And I mean, that is a gaping hole, bottomless pit <laughs> of a mouth that he has. And he just, he has a little bit of the Justin Fields thing where his face is a little froggish, which pairs with the particularly large mouth. And then there's just the way that he carries himself that it's like, he almost has the Joakim Noah vibe where it's like, mm-hmm. if you, if you like him, you adore him but most of the world can't fucking stand the dude. And I just, I mean, I get it. The passing touchdown and the rushing touchdown and the, the Prince type outfits that he wears to every fucking game. But I just, uh, I, I want to support him. I just can't, I just can't do it. I can't fucking stand him. Let's pull one thread out of that and specifically talk about the way he dresses because uh, James actually, kind of appreciates the way that uh, Cam Newton dresses. He, he complimented him earlier in the season, and I was really taken aback by that. <laughs> Shocking for someone like James. Right. For, for yeah. someone who's worn the same St. Rita sweatshirt for, <laughs> for literally two decades now. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think that he would have a, an appreciation for that, but yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, he he. Well, I shouldn't say that. He just said that he was a fashionable guy, and I kind of like ran with it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting words in his mouth, but uh, anyways, neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton is not a very likable guy, but I think the story is pretty likable, don't you? I mean, his return, he comes out with scores. I thought it was cool. It is cool. It's well, that's the thing. It's like that story. It's so much better when it's like when it's the Alex Smith type guy that just like that you can that you feel like you can root for. Where like Cam Newton is such a dick that it just like you're like, oh man, I wish it was anybody else. Yeah, it's like the it's like Odell. It's like no one's rooting for Odell to come back either. Yeah. Because they're just they are who they are, which is I mean, good on you, but when everybody fucking hates you, maybe you got to look inward a little bit. 
it, it it's interesting with those guys because they've almost like manifested the me against the world vibes because it's like no one was rooting against them and then they just like started being like fuck these haters fuck these. they're like what haters and then the haters like started developing out of nowhere that, that is a good point if anything every everyone was rooting for them but they did like that Madden superstar mode where you answer interview questions and you can either answer them positively or negatively. And they, they were negative. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. Let's see what happens. See what would happen to the team morale. They're they're just just living in real life. They're just playing with the, yeah, with the well being of uh, hundreds of people at any time. Well, really, if you count the fans, tens of thousands, millions, perhaps uh, at all times. Yeah just like it's man superstar mode i mean i i've never heard it put so uh, eloquently but i mean that's exactly what it is i mean those those answers exist for a reason on madden and it's because of cam newton and odell beckham jr is do you think on the new madden one of the um one of the options you get when you score a touchdown if you're odell beckham jr is like number one celebrate like number two celebrate with teammates like number three fight a kicking net like is that is that one of the options now you think if it's not it should be because goddamn oh man that's actually really i don't know i don't know if madden does like uh send it send an idea and if you if you like it we'll send you a free copy of the game or something but i mean that's I, 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 honestly yeah we should put in a pitch for that because i actually need the new madden because i'm about to get a ps4 so i can whoop james's ass in that so um, boy. yeah so ea sports you know i know the director of marketing listens to the show. Just slide into our DMs and we'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, another team that's making it happen, New England Patriots. Are, can we say after four wins in a row, including a shellacking of the not-so-magic Cleveland Brownies, uh, are the Pats officially rolling as a result of that? I mean, they're, they're rolling for sure. They are, as Fred Durst of Limbiscuit might say, rolling, 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 rolling. What? What? You want to mess with Limbiscuit? Yeah, okay, mess with Limbiscuit. But um, it's just like, I mean, a few of those wins are suspect, like a, a win over the Jets, eh, whatever. But I mean, they absolutely dismantled the Browns. And the Browns, mm-hmm. without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they just can't figure, seem to figure it out. Because, I mean, the Browns, two weeks ago, absolutely walloped the Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't a bad team. And now they're getting just fucking schlacked by the New England Patriots. So I don't know. I'd, I'd, I would I can't figure the Browns, them out. I would argue the Browns dismantled themselves just by virtue of being the Cleveland Browns. I think if there's one team I have strong opinions about on this podcast, it's the Cleveland Browns and them being the Browns. So, I mean, once again, this is just what happens when you know, a piece of shit hits a Mack truck doing, you know, 80 miles an hour down the freeway. Cause that's what a Bill Belichick coach team is. It's a Mack truck. It's moving. It takes a while to get going, but once it's going in that direction, look out, this team's rolling. AFC should be scared. I did see that uh, Chris Collinsworth noted that he is expecting the Patriots to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Want to know what your thoughts as a, a Colts fan? <laughs> I was okay. I saw the tweet about this and I did not interpret it the same way as this uh, being at this egregious, but he did mention, he's like, I, this will be my fourth time doing the Super Bowl. And the last three times I did the Super Bowl, the Patriots were all in it. And he's like, just saying, you know, just saying, 
I didn't think that he necessarily made the definitive uh, move to say that the Patriots are now the favorite, but you tell me. You know what? That's fair. I didn't actually read it, but it just said Chris Collinsworth, crystal ball, New England Patriots. So I just put three and three together and figured that that was what he said. He's also kind of a dipshit. So it made a little more right. sense. But yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would expect much from Chris Collinsworth. Have you ever seen the video, dude, of him as a, um, it's really creepy, actually. There's a video of him like being, I think, a rookie in the NFL. He's playing for the Bengals in like the er, like the late '80s, early '90s. I saw that video where he's talking about like hitting on like high school girls and stuff. And he says he likes the stupid ones. <laughs> yeah, dude, he does say that. Or he's like, yeah, I, I like the younger ones because they're a little bit stupider. Like they don't once you once they get a little older, they realize that I'm just like a schmuck or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, dude, this is disturbing. It's fucked up. And I mean, it's shocking once that video came out that he wasn't immediately canceled. But well, but it was the 90s, you know what I mean? Or like the late 80s. It was like I like girls that aren't too bright because you can trick them a little bit. The punk rockers all love me. That's those are my big girls and uh high school girls love me. You 14 to 18, I'm a big star with them. As soon as they, you know, as soon as they mature, after about 18 years old, they start figuring out that wait a minute, I know there's better than that out there, you know. I think there is a statute of limitations that you've had to have done something like really shitty, like this fucking century, you know? I mean, like, I think because it's like pre millennia, you know what I mean? Like, like it's basically another reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. There has to be a free internet. Yeah. That's what free effective internet at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like 30 years ago. There's a statute. There's a statute of limitations. That's longer. That's longer than 10 years, but, shorter than 30 years i don't know what it is but there is a statute of limitations you know i you might unless actually, you like rape something like, unless you committed like a hard crime you know what i mean like yeah uh, you know you rape something. like for just comments you know i mean like there's got to be a statute of limitations i guess you're um, right it's up for debate yeah. it's up for debate what's wrong with the los angeles rams they look bad they look bad bad did you see yeah. that that pick that stafford threw to trying to throw to odell yeah, I, I, I to be honest with you, I didn't watch much of the game um, because it was just so depressing to see them losing to the Niners like that. Um, he was, I was just he following was, it on fantasy because I had Cooper Cup, and I'm like, all right, uh, if Cooper Cup gets going here in the first quarter, maybe I'll turn on the game and kind of because I've been watching football all day, and they just couldn't get anything. And it, it's like the third game in a row, this Rams offense is, is stalled out the gate. Like, what what can the problem be? I was I was reading earlier that uh, apparently teams have been blitzing them less, but getting just as much pressure. So it sounds like it's an offensive line problem. And Matt Stafford probably having PTSD from being on the Lions as soon as he gets any kind of pressure. I was just a matter of, I mean, that interception he threw to Odell was like laughably bad. He just, Odell was just like 30 yards down the field and Stafford threw it 50 and the off chance that maybe he'd come down with it. But I mean, There's, I there is an interesting theory in there. Can't is a quarterback almost like a dog in the respect that like, if you sit there and you beat it for 10 years and then you give it to a new home, you know, as soon as someone drops a spatula is the, is he going to cower in the corner and piss himself? You know, is that what you're seeing with Matt Stafford? Because you kind of see that with Carson Wentz and the Colts. Anytime that there's a, and both of these guys, obviously were beating the shit out of at their old homes. Um, you know, anytime there's, it get, things get a little hairy. They just resort to these like terrible 
subconscious like flinch and moves and it fucks you can't teach all dog new tricks is that what this amounts to with me i think so i mean could you imagine playing for the lions for that long (laughs) i gosh what would be worse if you're if you're a rookie and they're like you just you're about to get drafted and you're you know you're gonna have like say you're the next quentin nelson or like an offensive lineman that's going to just be amazing for 10 years you get drafted by you have to choose Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns. What what sword do you fall on? Oh God. Is that the same? Is that the same question as saying, do you want to die by lethal injection or electrocution? Is that the same question? Oh, that's like that's like do you want to die by burning or drowning? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm 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 picking lethal injection for sure over the electrocution. Burning or drowning, that's like a real choice. That that's the that's a pick right. your poison. Um Oh God, Browns or Lions? Because it, it all boils down to what's the shittier city. Mm-hmm. But what's the shittier city? Well, you you could argue that the hastily made Cleveland tourism videos do end by saying, "At least we're not Detroit." That's fair. But I don't know. I mean, Detroit's kind of making a bit of a comeback, whereas Cleveland is like still just collapsing into itself. I mean, the Browns are. Ah, to be the shittier team between the Browns and the Bengals is like, I mean, that's a problem in and of itself. I think it At comes least, down to this. It's a, it's an Ohio versus Michigan question. And you know what I'm going to say? I don't, I don't think it gets worse than like to then. No, I like Michigan. It doesn't get worse than Ohio. I mean, Indiana is probably the only other state that's worse than Ohio. If you really think about it or like West right. Virginia. <laughs> Why I mean, it, which is funny because now all of your family lives in Indiana. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very open about the fact that my, I told my family, Hey, just so you know, when you move to Indiana, you're going to have to live with people who also live in Indiana. You know, yeah, that, right? who grew up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss anyone who grew up based on where they grew up. Cause you can't really control that. But if you in adulthood decide to still live in a place, <laughs> it's on you. Yeah, so, that's on for sure. Yeah, yeah. So those people in Indiana, come on. What do you guys so, say? To, sorry, to Dad. I know my dad listens to this show, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I've said this to your face. <laughs> to to bring this all back around in the same way that people, you know, you can you can take uh, the guy from Indiana out of Indiana, but you can't take the Indiana out of the guy from Indiana. You can take Matt Stafford out of Detroit, but you can't take Detroit out of Matt Stafford. And that is what is wrong with the Los Angeles Rams. I like it. Very, very concise conclusion there. And uh, I tend to agree. I, I I wonder, though, it's kind of funny because we're talking about the Lions. We're talking all the shit on them. And then, meanwhile, they found a way to tie the Pittsburgh Steelers. Granted, Big Ben was out. I mean, it's still he, – he got Corona – Still hasn't come out and, and described how he got it, so we can just reasonably assume that he found his way back into uh, into the old glory hole at O'Hare, you know, the the O'Hare glory hole right next to the Vienna beef hot dog stand. Everybody knows that it's in Terminal C. It's you know it's marked. It's got the 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 restroom sign is upside down, so that's how that's like the the little marker. Uh, ben found his way in there on the way home, and one thing led to another. Steelers tied the Detroit Lions. I don't know how much of that game you watched, but I was in awe. I mean, in in sheer awe of how piss poor both of those teams were playing. It was laughable. 
I mean, I'm a Bears fan. Like, I know what shitty football looks like. And that was the shittiest football I've seen in as long as I can remember. It was raining, and I get that. But uh, Dan Campbell, I guess, was was taken over the offensive play calling. And regularly in overtime, the Lions are like second and 12, third and 15, and they're doing halfback draws. They, they just weren't trying to win the game. They were trying to tie. Which, I mean, I, for that team, I mean, if you think of all the ridiculous heartbreak they've had this year, <laughs> do you understand how big of a victory a tie is? For <laughs> Do you well, know, like? Do you realize how uh, fucking close Dan Campbell was to just driving his car into Lake Michigan <laughs> with uh with a weight vest on? You know, yeah. <laughs> like he was he was getting close. Windows gorilla glued shut and a weight vest just because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, it was God, it was good. it was looking pretty grim. I mean, he, the guy was crying in post game in post game press conference. Fucking weird. What was your take? Oh. Yeah, what was your take on that? Uh, that to me looks like a guy who is the head coach of at the time, what like an 0-5 or 0-6 team, knowing that his time there is probably gonna run out. So he puts on his best acting chops and just puts some tears in to make the the owners think he really does care about the team. And in Detroit winning obviously isn't isn't a priority. So I guess if he can cry his way into a, into another season, that's a couple of million for him. So I'd fake cry for a couple of million. <laughs> I love how fucking desperately cynical that evaluation was. <laughs> that is exactly how I felt about it too. Uh, James, James uh, appreciated it though. James thought he was being a football guy. But like I said, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in football either. Yeah. If there's, yeah, if there's no, if there's no crying in a Tom Hanks led baseball movie about female baseball players. There's certainly no crying in the NFL. So I just, I don't know. It felt soft. It, it did. And, but meanwhile, they, they find a way to tie Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they're, the Steelers team is the worst five, three and one team of all time. It, just like they were like the worst eight, no team of all time last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just so bad, but they just find ways to sneak out bullshit wins. I mean, you saw that Steelers Bears game, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end with the penalty, and it was like, why are they even hanging around the Bears in the first place? You know, some of some of those calls were some of the most rancid, Tim Donahue type rigged calls I've ever seen in my life. That James Daniels call on a a clipping or something, and he didn't even hit T.J. Watt to take away a touchdown to be followed by that dude that looks like a white Ninja Turtle. <laughs> getting getting a penalty for taunting that shit was god it was bad so bad. turtle that's the best way to describe it yeah i i just thought he looked he just looks like a tool like he, he kind of looks like someone we know from high school i won't name names <laughs> i feel like i know who you're saying He's, he was he did play linebacker <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'll leave it at that uh <laughs> Talking about Tim Donahue and uh, the NFL rigging stuff, I mean, the, the Gruden drama continues. The mastermind has taken to the courts regarding his situation where he was released from the Las Vegas Raiders earlier this season due to controversial emails. He is suing the NFL and Roger Goodell 
in Nevada District Court, alleging that they sought to destroy Gruden's career and reputation through a, quote, malicious and orchestrated campaign that led to his resignation last month. John Gruden's attorney reports. So the truth will come out. That's what John Gruden said. And now, you know what? I say say innocent until proven guilty. I mean, for all we know, Roger Goodell could have hacked the email server and logged into Goodell uh, into Gruden's email and sent those emails on his behalf. There's you know, anything's possible. I mean, if you really, I mean, Gruden could have been on DMT when he sent those emails. We don't know. We yeah. really don't know what John Gruden. He is the mastermind. He is doing all sorts of uh, different practices that border on witchcraft, um, occult type behavior, uh, and borderline. Um, science uh super science if you will uh that's the way this guy operates i mean he doesn't really live in uh the 3d reality that we live in you know he's at an elevated plane so the truth will come out um what are your thoughts on the gruden saga um first things first i love i love your spiritual take on the whole thing yeah it's a it's yeah you could say that roger goodell is like the black magician you know he's like casting spells on all the on john gruden and now he's taking him to court over it yeah, it's like, uh, to me, it feels like Roger Goodell is like a member of the reptilian class. Mm. And because of John Gruden's innate spiritual wisdom, he was trying to expose the reptilian class through those emails. And Goodell got to him, unfortunately. I love that he's suing both the NFL and Roger Goodell, though. That's a baller <laughs> move. I love it, dude. I love that he's going after Goodell. I do love that. It, that makes me which, very happy. It could be argued that Goodell only wanted him because he saw the email that explicitly called him an anti-football pussy. But I mean, if he wins that court case and then he's taking money from Goodell after calling him an anti-football pussy, that that's a fucking win-win. And John Gruden instantly goes right back to where he already was, which was <laughs> Ch- Chad. He's the Chad. Yeah, yeah, the ultimate Chad. He's he is. He's top tier. Mastermind. Yeah. I mean, he's the mastermind. I mean, he, he still is. And I, I, once again, I say innocent until proven guilty, you know? Uh, so let's see what the courts have to say. You know, let's, let's see. I mean, he's not actually being tried for anything, but he's actually just suing. He's really not guilty. Of anything. If anything, he is guilty because he resigned. So, um, but, you know, let's see. What, I'm just curious to see how this, uh, what results from this. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, he's definitely guilty of being like a misogynist, uh, racist, homophobe. I mean, like, there's no doubt of that about that. There's a definitive paper trail against that. But uh, is he better than Roger Goodell? I would wager to say yes. And I think the courts will show that here. Let's move on to fantasy studs and duds of the week. Studs of the week. Uh, well, I got to go Patrick Mahomes here. You know, I mean, for a guy who has gotten uh, a lot of shit this year and, you know, is he, is he regressed? Is Patrick Mahomes the problem? You know, is, uh, is he hurt? There's these are all things you see on ESPN 24 uh, seven about Patrick Mahomes. Cause he is kind of the face of the new young face of the NFL, getting a lot of shit, having a terrible season. I shouldn't say terrible, but like below his standard season, uh, thus far, turning the ball over a lot comes out against the Raiders. Um, the truth will come out. Raiders comes out, throws 400 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, 127.6 quarterback rating. 
good enough for a while to me. Wow, Patrick Mahomes, stud of the week. Stud of the week. Got uh, Ramondre Stevenson from the Patriots. Uh, he had looked good in the preseason. Damian Harris sits out with a concussion. Uh, Stevenson goes off against a, a middle-of-the-road Browns defense, gets 100 yards, two touchdowns, five yards per carry. And uh, the whole time, he, he looked dominant. He was running through defenders, um, getting every extra yard that he could, running hard. Um, and he just he looked good, looks good in pads. Low to the ground, stocky dude, and uh, you know who's to say that there isn't more, uh, more to come based off of the excellent performance that he had. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about this Patriots team. Like Belichick just knows how to put running backs in positions to score. He is so good at they're they're like goal to go offenses. Just their so, goal to go run offense is so good. It's crazy. Like, I mean, because he he turned Rex Burkhead into like a name. Right. Like, Who I else could do that? I mean, well, and I mean, outside of the run game, but Julian Edelman, I mean, that's another like a nobody. I mean, he was like a sixth round pick into people were talking about him being a potential hall of famer, you know, I mean, just because of his playoff performance. He has regularly allowed white people to perform in skill positions. Rare. Yeah. Rare in and of itself. Although I will say the one exception is like the slot receiver. You know, like the crafty route running, you know, like the Cooper Cup, Wes Welker, um, Eric Decker, Brandon Stokely, Austin yeah. Colley. I mean, I, I can go all day here. Um, that type of role. But yes, I, I, I agree. Let's move on. Let's not make it about that. Uh, moving on to Duds of the Week. Duds of the Week, Hollywood Brown. Uh, 13 targets for 37 yards. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. 37 yards on 13 targets. What the fuck? I mean, obviously the Ravens run first offense, but I expect more from you, Hollywood Brown. I need at least a hundred yards from you this week in order to be Trevor. So step up your game. Dud of the week, Hollywood Brown. Dead of the week, I got Jared Goff. And that's not to say that anyone ever expects him to do well. But dear God, I, I, we all knew he was bad, but I don't think anyone outside of the Detroit fan base knew he was this bad. He had five quarters going into overtime. He had 114 yards on 25 attempts, which is apparently the lowest yardage any quarterback has had since 1980 with 20-plus attempts in a game. Uh, he went 14 for 25, 56% completion percentage, uh, 66.7 QBR, but that's like the softest 67.7 QBR ever because he just he made no effort to to make a play. I mean, if there if there wasn't a guarantee that a cornerback or a safety wasn't within 20 yards of a guy, he just wouldn't throw the ball. And even if a player happened to be that open, he would miss him. It was just, I mean, every one of those throws was just sitting in the flats to DeAndre Swift, who, God bless him, was trying his heart out, 33 carries. But, I mean, Jared Goff, doubt of the week, just looked terrible. So much worse than I ever remembered him looking. Yeah, talk about having a terrible year. I mean, has anyone had as bad of a year as Jared Goff has had? 
I mean, I, I don't know about emotionally or spiritually at home what's going on, but as a football player, absolutely not. Well, you have to, I mean, understand he relocated from Los Angeles to Detroit. So, I mean, like emotionally, spiritually, home life has got to be significantly worse as well, you know, you'd imagine. He's yeah. a Cal guy too. I mean, went to Cal, you know, he's a West Coast guy. So now he's thrust in the Midwest. He's got this, you know, essentially menopausal head coach that he's got, and he's got no sort of offense around him whatsoever. And he was already bad to begin with. I mean, he, the whole trade was that we're going to swap quarterbacks, but we're also going to give you two first round picks. <laughs> like that's how much, that is how bad Jared Goff is in comparison to Matthew Stafford, which I mean, look, people are really high on Matthew Stafford, but there hasn't been many years that Stafford's been a top five guy. I would say since Megatron retired, he hasn't been a top five guy. Yeah. Any of those years, two first round picks for a guy in his thirties. What the fuck? They, they, People like the gunslinger ever since Brett Favre made it cool. They like the the idea of the guy who's willing to whip it into triple coverage. Unfortunately, as we're seeing with the Rams right now, that doesn't work. doesn't win football games. But it's fun to watch if you're not a Rams fan, at least. That's true. Uh, but to make matters very clear, it's not fun to watch Jared Goff. And uh, that's why he's dead of the week. It's time for Pick of the Week. We were kind of a surprise here. Trevor and I were recording the show, and we got a call from James. Well, Trevor got a call from James. So we decided, you know what? Fuck it, James. You're going to call Trevor. Just hop on the podcast, and let's get you on for Pick Em. So uh, let's run through records real quick. After last week, I came out three and three now sitting at an even 30 and 30 on the year uh chilling a little 50 50 uh percent win percentage there not amazing not terrible you know breaking even so feeling okay about that uh james you know meanwhile got another game on me finishing four and two on the week and uh is coming to a total of 39 and 21 uh overall so james how do you feel about that i feel pretty good i mean uh, I've had a few things fall in my favor that were really tight and it, and it's just been weighing heavily on, on your record and my, <laughs> like you, you, we are both two plays away. It seems like from flipping that record, the complete opposite direction where I'm where you're at and I'm <laughs> and you're where I'm at. That's why I'm, I'm still hopeful here going into the second half of the season. I mean, yeah, you got a nine game lead on me. Sure. But we still got another, 60 games worth of pick them, if not more, the rest of the way here. So, yeah, with playoffs. So it's going to get interesting. There's still plenty of – a lot of room for uh, for excitement down the road. But let's go to our first game of the week. Um, I got it. You know I had to do it to him. Colts at Bills. Playoff rematch from last year, wild card round uh, in Buffalo. Colts are 5-5 five and five now. They're, they're also 500 just like I am. Um, Bills uh, kind of go uh, – who are they? A little shaky. One week they come out looking like they can win the AFC. The next they lose a six to nine barn burner to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who knows what you're going to get with this? But let's let's kick it off with Trevor. Why don't Trevor? Why don't you go? Who who are you taking in this matchup? Oh, am I still in this? Yeah, let's get your opinion for. for <laughs> well, without question, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Oh. At James, home. how do you feel about that? 
uh, I like the Bills, man. Like, like uh, this is where I feel the Colts um, are going to uh, are are going to get a a big uh, a big wake up call from some of these softer opponents. However, I do like the Colts, but uh, the Bills got to get this back on track. This is a back on track game, man. Middle of the season, things are kind of settling in. Some of the good teams teams are performing poorly. Got to perform better, right the ship. And uh, yeah, man, I, I really like the Bills. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, I'm going to go Colts here because, you know, I, this is this is time for the Colts. This is really nut up or shut up for the Colts. Um, so I'm feeling, I feel like this is going to be it for them. Let's go Colts. Uh, let's move on to the, the next game. We got Finns at Jets. James, let's hear from you first, or do you want to finish pumping your gas first? Depends at Jets. Here's the thing. Jets, their their wild horse in uh in Matthew White is already being benched. Like it was fun while it lasted. Um, but he threw fucking four interceptions last week. So I uh I really think he's uh uh kind of put himself out. However, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard Flacco is starting. Right. Which is it makes things interesting. Yeah, like it makes things even more boring. Is really what it, what it boils down to. Um, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Fins here. I think. Uh, I think Flacco is is washed up. He's been washed up ever since one decent playoff run. Which by decent, I mean it was it was iconic. It was epic. However, that was obviously uh, uh, a riding the wave moment. So I, I like the Fins, even though Tua really chaps my ass. I think Devontae Parker's supposed to be back. Bang bang baby, Fins with another W. I'm gonna go Fins here as well. Just because they're coming off a big win against the Ravens, um, you know they're going to ride that momentum. And I mean, this Jets team is—I mean, talk about talk about abysmal uh, def- defense. I mean, this is just one of the saddest defenses on the the, the face of the earth. So I'm going to go Fins here, Trevor. What do you got? Uh, I mean, I'll—you know—I was going to take the Jets to be a devil's advocate, but God, I mean, they're just bad. They're bad, bad. So I'll I'll hop on the train. I'll crack into the peer pressure. I'll go fins. Okay, I like it. Let's go on. Move on to Bengals at Raiders. So obviously the Raiders, you know, once again a completely different team with the mastermind at the helm. You know, since uh, since Gruden has left, kind of been an up and down team. You know, they get their absolute shit handed to them in a division game against the Chiefs last week. Who are this? Who who are these Raiders? No one knows. Same with the Bengals, though, because I mean the Bengals they get the big marquee win against the Ravens, but then, um, you know, are the Ravens even that good? They're losing to the to the Dolphins, and then you know they come out the Bengals themselves and get their ass kicked by the Browns, which is just absolutely despicable if you're a fan, a fan of football in any regard. So this is a tough game for me to pick. Uh, I'll let Trevor lead it off. What do you think? Uh, due to my vested interest in fantasy, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bengals here. I got Burrow and Mixon starting, so um, I just without John Gruden, I don't. I don't see the Raiders. Uh, I don't see them finding su- success in any facet. So until you bring the Guru back, I'm going against. Okay. I'm going to go Bengals. Okay, just to be clear, it is he's not the Guru. He's the mastermind. But uh, oh, sorry, neither neither here nor there. I'm going to align with you on that. Uh, I'm going to go Bengals myself. Uh, yeah, let's just see, you know, let's see Jamar Chase pop off for another, you know, buck 50 at two touchdowns. I mean, I would love to see it. Yeah, I just don't think this Raiders team has much left in the tank without uh, without the mastermind. So that's my take on it. James, Bengals at Raiders. 
yeah, man, like, yeah, no, no, no Gruden's big. And he, he pulled a Papa John saying the truth will come out, filed a lawsuit against, uh, against, uh, pussy ass, like Goodell, which I love, you know, let's, oh, yeah. we talked about that earlier in the show. We also love that he's suing Goodell. Yeah. Like let, now let's go. If anyone's got enough money to compete with Goodell and really just, just light one under him, it's, it's Gruden. So yeah, I, I like, I like the Raiders at face value, but, uh, but however, I, I got to go the other way. I, I, I think since he's got some big playability, I really let, like those guys on fire. Yeah. All, right, bangles. All, all three Bengals, all three Dolphins. Very interesting. Uh, let's move on to our fourth game. Steelers at Chargers. Uh, Trevor, go first. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. I mean, we're looking at a Steelers team that was handed a win over the Bears. A Steelers team that tied at home the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean, Justin Herbert has to, he's got to find something. I mean, the, the Chargers offense has so much more to offer than either the Bears or the Lions. So I just can't fathom going to LA that the Steelers take this game. You know, that that's kind of what I said last week with uh, the whole Dalvin Cook thing and like him beating his girlfriend and then like getting maced by a National Guard. Like, by the way, the NFL is fucking wild on a week to week basis. The amount of crazy shit that comes yes. out. Like, it's really remarkable. Uh, side note, I thought the Vikings were going to go to L.A. and get their ass kicked by the Chargers. I'm not going to. And they didn't. So I'm going to I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm actually going to go Steelers here because uh, I think this Chargers team is just not for real. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I like your logic uh, to confirm uh, big Ben is playing this week. Correct. Yes. All right. So, I mean, Trev, I, I mean, like let's, let's weigh the, let's weigh what we got here. I mean, big Ben being out tying the lions. I mean, uh, what's his face starting? Looked, looked like, uh, looked like Nick Virgil out there as DJ likes to say. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I really liked the Chargers early on, and, and Herbert was really showing up. He, they lost a critical game, won a critical game. We thought they were back on track. His acne was subsiding. Uh, ever since then, it looks like he rubbed a McDouble all over his face, and the stress has uh, has come back to fruition. Ah, man, for the for the sake of competitiveness in this pick'em uh, and my fantasy uh, horses, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Austin Eckler three touchdown day and uh, and a Chargers George W. Interesting. Okay, fun. Let's move on to Washington football team at the Panthers. Uh, I call this the defuck bowl because I mean, like the fuck is with both of these teams. I mean, you got cam coming back to the Panthers. You have, you know, Washington, he's going, he's back at home, his first home game as a Panther since leaving. And he's going against his old coach that he went to the Super Bowl with and Ron Rivera. I think it's just a crazy a whole crazy story. It's crazy game and all the narratives going on there. So it earns the defuck bowl in my opinion. Uh, and James, why don't you take it off first? Yeah, man, <laughs> I'll, I'll take my pants off first. Um, yeah. Uh, what really quick, what's going on with Fitz magic? Do we have any updates on this guy? It, it's not looking like very good that he's going to be playing in the next like month. I mean, like we're talking, it's still a month. He's like still like on crutches and barely getting around. So, Jesus H. So his, his hip is officially, uh, out of the socket and he is out of the picture. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, cam actually looks surprisingly okay with, uh, with like four days of prep time going into a football game to take the Panthers to a victory. Um, 
I, yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera being the other coach, I think that is, I think that creates for an interesting narrative, no, but I, however, I don't think it matters. Uh, Panthers have actual kind of playmakers versus uh, Washington football team. Not so much. I mean, Gibson's all right. It's pretty good. Right. I, think, I, don't know. I, I like the Panthers. I think, uh, I think they're going to ride a little wave of bringing cam back. Nor do, I, though I don't think cam is very good. I think, uh, I think that adds an energy to the team versus uh sam Darnold, <laughs> so you know they'll, they'll have a little swagger to them they'll have a little spunk I, I like the panthers man i also like the panthers in this game just because i hate the washington football team on the whole without fitz magic it was kind of interesting to see taylor heineke and see what he could do in the beginning because he kind of like, he had that like mike white swag to him you know and like was making plays and you know almost beat the Bucks in the playoffs in, in a weird way. But now that they've lost Chase Young for the year with a torn ACL, I mean, this Washington football team has I, – I, look, I like Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Gibson. I think he's pretty good, but he's not amazing. Um, I mean, you just look at the Panthers. It's just better, better, better across the board. So I got to go Panthers here, especially with the Cam Newton factor. You know, if God forbid he, he scores a touchdown, you know, at a crucial moment in the game. I mean, that the crowd's just going to lose their shit and – never give it back so right that's what that's my thoughts trevor uh for the sake of not having three games where we all pick the same team i'll go washington football team here uh going off a big win over the bucks um i did look it up it appears as though ryan fitzpatrick is likely done for the year but uh broski two heinekens i'll take heineke see if he can uh work a little magic i also Pretty heavily shit talk Cam Newton at the beginning of this. So fuck Cam. Go uh, go Washington football team. <laughs> I do love how hard you went on Cam Newton in the beginning. It was just out the gate. It was just you ripping on his smile, on his overall look, his demeanor. I mean, like literally top to bottom, you gave him the business. He's he's like a he's like a caricature of a villain. Yeah, I I can I can fully appreciate anybody razzing Cam because he. He came on the scene and was was the best in the league too hard and too fast. The only way Cam gets back to a true competitive level to where we're like giving a shit on what he's doing is if he brings the dab back. <laughs> Imagine if he scores a touchdown in the first quarter and just fucking slow-mo dabs on the whole audience. Oh, man. Greg but it's like his tinge. Yeah, the Greg, <laughs> Greg Olsen refusing to dab, but. But like when he does the dab, his his chin strap's not buttoned, so his helmet's all loose. So it does like an extra little a little uh, a little MacGyver to it, just adding a little more flair. I, I can see it right now. <laughs> that is the most nuanced detail that I could have ever imagined. That's not where I thought that was going. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow, wouldn't that be something? Uh, let's move on to our game of the week: Cowboys at Chiefs. It's a big one. I mean, are the Cowboys for real? Are the Chiefs actually back? I mean, a lot of questions will be answered in this game. Let's start with you, Trevor. Where is your head at with this? I get it. The Chiefs, the Chiefs look like they're back. They had a big win last week. I got CD Lamb, though. I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm looking for a big game from my boy CD. And uh, I want to will that one into existence. And I'm going to start by picking the Cowboys over the Chiefs. Okay, interesting. Uh, James? Where's your head? Remind me again, where is this game being played at? It's at Arrowhead. At Arrowhead? Yeah, all right. I, I got to go Chiefs here too, man. Like, like Dallas looked good last week. They, they actually did. Uh, offense seemed to be moving and grooving. Dak was on. However, you look at the stat sheet, Mahomes 
same thing. Unbelievable game. But if you look at the, like the in between the lines type plays, there was some plays that should have been turnovers uh, as, as you know, Mahomes leads the league in, in turnovers this year. Like, like he, he was very close calls away from having another one of those games. You're like, what the hell's going on with this guy? Is he hurt this, that, or the other? But if, if we take a quick glance at the stat sheet, we don't think that. Um, but being played in Arrowhead, that was the big flipper. Uh, whoever had home team, that's who I was going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go uh, uh, Chiefs this week, man. Interesting. Yeah, I think this Chiefs secondary is so fucking bad uh, that I think Dak's going to throw for potentially six, three to Amari Cooper, none to C.D. Lamb. Go Cowboys all the way. Let's fucking let's bury the Chiefs. Um, you know, the I, I this is really a crucial game for this game is way more important for the Chiefs than it is the Cowboys, which is why and because the Chiefs are hot, I was kind of leaning more towards Chiefs. But after I saw you pick the Chiefs uh and talk shit about Patrick Mahomes, I was like, you know what? I'm actually gonna go the other way with this. Go Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, I, I like it. Like I get it. I, I think I think I would imagine the spread, even though I don't have betting one-on-one up, I, I would imagine the spread is fairly tight on this game. Let's take a quick gander at the numbers. Yeah, Chiefs are favored two and a half, which anytime you're getting three to two and a half, you're, it's just for home field advantage. So that is a straight up pick on in my eyes. Uh, I Honestly, I think it really is going to boil down to whoever gets off to a hot start. However, you know, I I don't know. I I. I I hope it's a shootout just for the sanctity of last week. If you guys already talked about it was dog shit football across the board. There wasn't there. There was nothing very exciting going on in the NFL, if you ask me. Um, but I mean, heck that also it's be, because the bears were on by. So I had nothing to bitch about. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about dog shit football, we had a tie, you know I mean? How often does that happen? That's kind of right. Yeah, I mean that's exciting and face value, and then you watch the game, and I was just befuddled on on how these teams play in the NFL. Did you did you see the overtime of that game? Oh, it was rancid. Like I got I was I was at X Golf getting some swings in, and they had that going, and I was much more interested watching the people in the bay next to us miss balls uh, while trying to swing because they were so poor at what they do. I was much more interested in watching that than watching these two teams play NFL football. I mean, theoretically, they were both doing the same thing. Just missing right. balls. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They they were they were not they were not doing what Pam Anderson does with Tommy Lee's balls, and that's you know gobble them up. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you use present tense, even though they've been like, <laughs> for like decades. <laughs> yeah, let's. Here's to hoping for better football this week. I think we've got some more compelling matchups. Uh, actually, that, that's not true at all. There's really not a gr- lot of great matchups this week, but uh, you know it'll be fun to see what happens. So, anyways, that concludes our pick'em segment. Thanks for joining us, Jimbo. We'll let you get back to whatever the fuck you were doing, jerking off. I think, right? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go jerk off. Uh, I'll get I'll get back to helping uh, helping the world get into homes. But uh, but yeah, uh, enjoy, Trav. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a, a an awesome sub. And uh, and and heck, we should just have you on way 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 more often. Um, but yeah. See you guys. Have a uh, have a good rest of your day. Go go football. Go sports. Uh, fuck pussies and but fuck pussies, but fuck bitches. Am I right? Hello. Bye. You're right. It's time for our show blow of the week. Show of the week. Quarterbacks. Scam Newton at home versus the Chase Youngless. Team. 
a return home against his old coach, 5 and 5. If this Panthers team pops off, look out, Scam Newton dabbing his way to show of the week. Show of the week, I got Mr. Herbert versus the Steelers. When I say Mr. Herbert, I'm not talking about that pansexual dragon Dylan Herbert, but I'm talking about Justin Herbert. After a couple up and down games, expect Justin Herbert to go off against the Steelers team that just tied the winless Lions at home and were handed a win in exchange for a pregame blumpkin against the lowly Bears. This Justin, Herbert's going off. Show of the week. Show of the week. Quarterbacks, Derek Carr versus the Bengals. Do you ever feel like breaking down? Well, Derek Carr does all the time. And this game makes him feel like he needs a wheelchair. Derek Carr, blow of the week. Blow of the week. Daniel Jones at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the song Mr. Jones, the Counting Crows state, when everybody loves me, I will never be lonely. But guess what, Daniel Jones? You're not Raymond and nobody loves you. Tom Brady doesn't lose consecutive games. So this long-necked, pigeon-toed gringo is in for a beatdown. Blow of the week, Daniel Jones. Show of the week, running backs, Chris Carson. If he returns, (laughs) we still don't know. (laughs) Pete Carroll needs CC. And no, I don't mean closed captioning, even because he's losing his hearing, even though he probably does need hearing aids now that you mention it. No, he needs CC, Chris Carson. And Daddy gets what Daddy wants. Go Hawks! Chris Carson, show of the week. Show of the week. Mr. Dillon at Minnesota. Again, I am not talking that donut munching, godless sodomite, Dylan Herbert. No, I'm talking Thunder Thighs, AJ Dillon, who finally got his chance against the Seahawks and took advantage with 126 yards and two touchdowns. This week, A.J. Dillon might actually be charged with sodomy as he slashes and dashes his way through the soft Minnesota defense with his A.J. Dill, Dillon Pickle. A.J. Dillon, show of the week. Blow of the week, running backs. Austin Eckler, home versus the Steelers. After Big Ben got the Rona from the O'Hare glory hole, all hope was lost for the Steelers team. Not again, not again. But this defense never quits, and Austin Eckler's water is about to find its level. Blow of the week, Austin Eckler. Blow of the week, Adrian Peterson versus the Houston Texans. In 2004, Scott Peterson was tried and convicted for the murder of his pregnant wife. And 17 years later, Adrian Peterson will be tried and inevitably convicted for the murder of his own NFL career. Looking slower than a turd rolling down a wet blanket and less explosive than a vegan's diarrhea. It's Peterson's turn to be the victim of a switch to Deontay Foreman. Adrian Peterson, blow of the week. As the fantasy owner of Foreman, I like this pick. Show of the week, receivers. Jamar Chase versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The rookie is coming off a fresh buy and a record-setting first-half performance. The trend will continue, as I cannot name a single defensive player on the Raiders. Show of the week, Jamar Chase. Show of the week, wide receivers, C.D. Lamb at the Kansas City Chiefs. A deadly route runner with predator dreadlocks, C.D. Lamb is much more than the little lamb that Mary had. 
and an era where Beanie and Hipsters insist that vinyl is the best. Both Limp Bizkit and the Cowboys are flexing their chocolate starfish and bringing back the CD. CD Lamb, show of the week. Blow of the week, receivers. Robbie Anderson, home versus the team. This dude's hair looks like Angelica's doll from Rugrats, and now his unique fashion sense will live in a scam's shadow. And to make matters worse, scam can't even pass. Blow of the week, Robbie Anderson. Blow of the week, T.Y. Hilton at the Buffalo Bills. After putting up a whopping one catch for five yards on six targets against Jacksonville, it's time to say bye to T.Y. With as much raw athletic ability as Paris and Perez Hilton, it's clear that T.Y. was named after Ty Warner because he is a beanie baby bitch. Blow of the week, T.Y. Hilton. Show of the week, tight ends. Mike Kosicki at home versus the Jets. The Jets' red zone defense looks worse than the Illinois fighting Illini on the road. And the Jets are at home. Doesn't matter. Mike Kosicki is gonna be sicky. Show of the week, Mike Kosicki. Show of the week, Hunter Henry at the Atlanta Falcons. The Dirty Bird defense has looked like a chick with three-inch acrylic nails after a trip to the Taco Bell restaurant. Still poopy and unable to wipe. With seven touchdowns over the last seven weeks, Henry will be on the hunt this Thursday. Show of the week, Hunter Henry. Blow of the week, tight ends. Sean Payton and also ESPN. Remember when... Oh, Taysom Hill's tight end eligible in the ESPN fantasy leagues for a four week period until and back in 2012 or in 2020, rather. I do. That was fucking great. God damn it, I do. That was so fucking stacked, dude. What a time Even to be we are in a Yahoo league, you know? I still thought it was like the coolest thing, you know? Um, I picked him up in my ESPN fantasy league. I did, you know, just for the, just to say I did, you know? Why wouldn't you? Something and here you are. Miraculous. So the reason I brought blow of the week is because Sean, what the fuck are you doing with Trevor Simeon getting all these all these reps? Are you uh, is Goodell still have your nuts in a jar and in a vice grip rather? I mean, what is going on here? The levees didn't break. You are a free man, Sean. Unleash Taysom Hill, and let's go to the Super Bowl. Let's just do it. Let's just let's get T- Taysom. It's probably a little too late to get Taysom in an NFL MVP from here on out, unfortunately, because we're past the halfway mark. But if you start him now, he can still be comeback player of the year, um, uh, offensive player of the year, now that Derrick Henry's out, and Super Bowl MVP. So um, until uh, until Sean puts uh, Taysom in at quarterback and ESPN changes it back to make him tight and eligible, you're both going to be blow of the week at tight end uh, from here on out. So... Uh, blow of the week, Sean Payton and ESPN. Blow of the week, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson at the Cleveland Browns. He's the number one receiver on a team led by Jared Goff, whose small hands and extra small jockstrap will continue to curse receivers for as long as he's allowed under center. This Sunday, and every football Sunday from now until his release, those small hands will fail time and time again to get Hawkinson the ball. This long-haired hippie freak is a bust. Blow of the week, T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, okay, let's kick it off to defense and special teams. Uh, Trevor, you want to tee this one up for us? Um, yeah, I'm actually excited this week for this one because who fucking cares? Who fucking 
cares? Does green. is the matchup green? Yes. You're in. Start. Start. Is the matchup red? red? Don't start. Don't don't do it. And that answers your question. Figure it the fuck out. That's right. And we don't even talk about kickers on the show. So let's move on to Chad and Chud of the Week. Chat of the week, you know, this is kind of good. It's kind of fun. Uh, I didn't realize you were going to go so hard on this guy at the beginning of the show because I, I actually had to throw him in here as a chat of the week. But Scam Newton, I mean, um, when they asked him how much of the playbook he knew going into the game, he just replied saying two touchdowns worth. Um, as much as I don't, I also really don't like love Cam Newton. I do appreciate what he's done over the last two years. You know, when when Carolina released him, he kind of did shut up for a little bit, and like he did the. You, you could argue he did like the difficult thing and went and played under Bill Belichick. Did he suck? Yes. Was he benched for a rookie? Um, was he cut for a rookie? Yes. So, I mean, he hasn't done anything particularly impressive, but then to see him, you know, in this, in this, uh, this environment where it goes back to his old team and, and scores two touchdowns and, you know, has fun with it and beats a, a, a pretty good Arizona team. Who's now, you know, about to collapse into themselves just like they did last year. Uh, it was cool to see. And I think it's a fun story because he breathed, he does breathe life into this team. Um, that is five and five. They got a decent amount of talent on, on the offense with Christian. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, like some, some guy, you know, solid dudes on that team and, um, a good head coach. Maybe they could kind of be a fun little wild card team to root for in the NFC down the stretch here. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. But for, for the moment, Chad of the week, Cam Newton going back home to, you know, to Carolina and playing at home this week. So good for him. Chad of the week. I got a, I got Joe Mixon. Uh, this is particularly aimed at you, DJ, because when I drafted Joe Mixon, you relentlessly bashed the shit out of the pick for picking him in the third round. Um, he's currently the number four running back, uh, touchdown in six straight games, eight touchdowns over the past six games. Um, Going into this matchup, I have to imagine he's wondering with the Raiders, does the carpet match the drapes? Um, because we know it doesn't match the Henry Ruggs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, much like Ruggs, I'm thinking Joe Mixon. He's going to be going about 150, running all over the field. Um, Ruggs potentially at a 40-year sentence for the killing of that woman and her dog. And I'm looking for Joe Mixon to turn that 40 year sentence into a 40 year, uh, 40 point fantasy game. So we're going to see, but Joe Mixon, that's going to be my chat of the week. Hey man, I'd be careful with these fucking Henry Ruggs jokes and Joe Mixon, because you know, all it takes is a couple of Johnny Walkers and Joe Mixon is the next Henry Ruggs. You know, I mean, like he's already been accused of beating. Yeah. Well, and I shouldn't say accused. I mean, it was proven it. you can watch the video of him just beating the shit out of a, college girl when he was in college so i mean look i mean this guy's a thug that's the reason i don't like him bit of a thug i also thought he was overrated going into this year i mean yes is he on a bit of a tear for sure but he's gonna get hurt like he always does and uh you know or or slow down one of the one of the two but uh you know enjoy your moment in the in the sun for now joe Mixon, chat of the week will do chuds of the week uh number one you know, and I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm sticking to it. And, you know, Roger Goodell, you're going to be in here every week from here on out um, because I only really want two things from the NFL. Number one, I want Ray Lewis to show me the white suit. Right. Show us the white suit. That's fair. 
The other thing I want to see is I want Roger Goodell to show me these emails because we know him and Dan Snyder were colluding to take his yacht to Epstein's Island right before Epstein was busted. They're in cahoots with Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton, um, the Catholic Church, you name it. You know, all these big, you know, guys out there, the football Illuminati and the, the potential um, greater Illuminati. These guys are in bed with them. Show us the emails. If I had to guess, I also would think Roger Goodell actually is behind Pizzagate, too. I think those emails are the missing piece to the Pizzagate uh, puzzle. Um, so, you know, show us the emails, Roger. So until you do, Chud of the Week, Roger Goodell. And as mentioned earlier, in a, a world run by reptilians such as Roger Goodell, what do reptilians email? Us regular humankind have to show our emails like John Gruden did. You know, he was the martyr, but... I want Roger Goodell, the reptilian, to be the one getting sacrificed. That's what I'm saying. Yep. So have fun getting sued, pussy. Pussy boy. Um, shout of the week, Josh Rosen. So this mainly goes back to, uh, to his draft night. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets drafted however many years ago, and they ask him the infamous question, are you disappointed the 49ers didn't draft you because that's where he wanted to play? And he has the infamous answer of not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. And that came to fruition. You know, he, mm -hmm. he talked the talk and then he walked the walk. Josh Rosen, one must imagine in a, in a similar frame of mind on draft night, when asked about being taken number 10 said that there were nine mistakes made ahead of me. Here he is. Uh, he's in his, uh, uh, by the way, among those nine mistakes are players like Quentin Nelson, uh, Josh Allen, Roquan Smith, even Baker Mayfield, who, you know, isn't Josh Allen level, but he's not Josh Rosen. So, um, Josh Rosen at time and time again, has gotten a shot to come in at the end of games because he's never going to just casually start. Uh, he gets another shot this time. Um, down by 30-some points against the Cowboys. Uh, he comes in against the Cowboys' backups, goes one for six with 14 yards and a pick for a grand total of negative 0 .0 or negative 0 0.44 points. Uh, on his career, has a 12 to 20 touchdown to interception ratio, and it's just, I mean, the ultimate chud. He's the ultimate Chud because he wants so desperately to be a Chad. And it's that's the thing. That's what they always say. You know, McConaughey says he's like Hollywood. You got to want it, not need it. That's his problem. Rosen wants it. He wants the Chad so much that he needs it. And yes, uh, we won't give it to you because you, you want it too much. He's too thirsty. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, Josh, this is not a, you know, Josh Rosen's pretty familiar with this position on the show. We have roasted Josh Rosen. Many times. <laughs> I, I honestly thought he was out of the league. I thought he was finally exempt from this. And then I was actually quite shocked to see him performing the NFL. Still. I can't believe it, it takes a team like Atlanta to really, they're, they're the only team that would, would do this, you know, it's yeah, very much. So a Cleveland Browns move to pick up Josh Rosen. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you could, you know, the Browns, they, and I bet they do, honestly. I bet if he gets caught next year, I, he finds his way into camp at the Cleveland Browns because they've got some hot shot, like the youngest GM in the NFL is the GM of the um, of the Browns. And you know, he's going to be like, well, you know, I'm seeing what other people aren't seeing. He's going to outthink himself. 
he's going to pull like a Ryan Pace and, and nego- negotiate against himself and like pay jo- end up paying Josh Rosen seven million dollars a year to um, you know go one for six for fourteen yards in a pick in a pinch. You know, I mean the same team that drafted to Brandon Whedon number one. So. <laughs> God. And, yeah, well, and Johnny football. Well, at least I like the Johnny football pick because it was really a free draft because they traded, well, they also drafted Trent Richardson third overall, but they, the only team that was stupid enough to do business with them was the fucking Ryan Grigson and the Indianapolis Colts. Kill me. Uh, anyways, <laughs> neither here nor there. Fuck the Browns. Um, fuck fuck Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. And then the last guy is, uh, you know, a guy that I wasn't high on when I first heard about him. James was, he gave him stud of the week a couple of weeks ago and, and how the, the mighty have fallen because Mike white has found himself into chuds of the week. Um, he came out uh, after his one performance, you know, where he threw 400 yards. And, and by the way, that's the thing with this guy is like, he threw for 400 yards, three touchdowns, but also two picks against the Bengals who had the number four overall pick the year before. So it's like, they're not even that good of a team. I mean, they sure the Bengals were coming off the, uh, probably the biggest win they've had in like five years by beating the Ravens pretty emphatically, but he comes in against them, throws 400 yards against a very bad Cincinnati Bengals team, but he also throws two picks and then they go and throw the guy's Jersey in the, in the hall of fame and uh, treat him like some sort of hero because he was the, in his first ever career start through for 400 yards, his first, first quarterback to ever do that. Um, so he, after all this, this hype comes out and he comes out and says, if you ask me, I should have been a first overall pick. Which I guess you have to have some level of swag. It's like being the front man of a band, being a quarterback, you know, in the NFL. Like you have to have some sense of swag. It's like being a rapper almost. You have to have like a, uh, you know, an inflated ego, so to speak, just because the 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 requirements of leadership are so high, you know. So I I do respect that. But he then proceeds to the next week after talking all this shit, proceeds to throw four picks in a seventeen to forty five thrashing by the. Uh, the same bangle. Or wait, who did he beat? Buffalo Bills. By the Bills. I'm sorry. I put the Bengals in here. He then proceeds to go on to toss four picks in a 17 to 45 thrashing by the Buffalo Bills. Mike White, you got to stay humble, man. You got to stay humble. Uh, I'm glad you're already in the Hall of Fame because <laughs> you're nothing special, man. I mean, you're not going to be, you're definitely not going to be in the league in, in two years. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that like one week you had of, being in the spot. And the funny thing was, is it wasn't even a week because they played on Thursday night football. I mean, that's the real, the real downfall of Mike white was the short turnaround because <laughs> he only got to milk it for like a good 72 hours. Then reality fucking smacked him in the face. Hey, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, chat of the week, Mike white. Uh, anyways, that's all we got. This has been the 15 minute fantasy forecast. We're out. Good night. Bye. Bye. I love playing two-hand touch, eating way too much, watching my team win with the twins. I love quarterbacks eating dirt, pom-poms and short skirts.